everybody and welcome back to Talking Moto. Today we got a first recap that I'm doing. Things have been a little bit busy and crazy in my life so I haven't been able to record a, a Supercross recap. So today we'll be talking about the round three in San Diego. The second mutter in a row. Our third different winner for the 450 class. And yeah, our third different winner for the 250 class as well so we'll get into all that but uh what first what got us here was anaheim one jet lawrence came out the young rookie sensation takes the 450 win 250s you had rj hampshire and then you move on to san francisco the first mutter that we had and chase sexton handled his business with the 450s and jordan smith came out on top with the 250s and now here we are san diego you got jordan smith red plate chase sexton he's got the red plate back the 50th anniversary race little throwback race that we had and it all started qualifying you had 250s before the weather turned real bad and all the rain and whatnot you had jordan smith who went out there and put the fast lap down for the 250s and then 450s weather was starting to become a little bit more of an issue. But uh, the old kickstart Kenny Suzuki, Ken Roxon, got the uh, got the fastest qualifier for the 450s. So now let's jump into more of the night show. What happened there? Heat races. Not a lot really crazy happened in the LCQs. And then obviously we'll wrap it up with the main events and a little look ahead into Anaheim 2. Okay, so 250 Heat 1. The I think this is when the track was probably the worst, and I think just about everybody who watched it would probably agree with that. But uh, Nate Thrasher on the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha came out, pulled the whole shot. We all know those Yamaha bikes are really good with horsepower and pulling whole shots. But uh, Mitchell Oldenburg was able to get by him pretty quickly and kind of what looked like he was just going to kind of run away with it all but then with 338 left and the heat we had a red flag there was a couple riders down uh, I believe it was right after the finish line so we had to had to stop the race there and to take care of those down guys and the two guys that were down weren't able to come back to compete in the LCQ to try and get a spot in the main event. So hopefully they're being able to rest up this week and get back for the Triple Crown in Anaheim on Saturday. But after the uh, the red flag, something that got talked about was Nate Thrasher's mechanics in the whole Star Racing Yamaha team was changing his back tire for the restart and there was questions on if that was legal is it illegal you know what's the what's the guidelines there but everything checked out it was good it's probably one of the best ideas that anybody had obviously with the the sticky mud that was out there on the track on Saturday night it really helped him uh, hook up and have a little bit less wheel spin there coming off the gate and so there's no no doubt if you know in future mutters if we get red flag situations 
probably be seeing a little bit more tire changes going on. It'll be a little bit more crazy behind that starting line like it was for the, uh, the factory Yamaha team there. But uh, the big winner of the restart was Levi Kitchen. I do believe he was about third place before the red flag came out. But he was able to take really good advantage of the restart. And, you know, looking over at the pro motocross this last summer, he always had, if he had a good start, it always seemed like he was able to run away with it. And so that's just kind of what everyone's looking for from him in the Supercross. I know he's come out and said that he wants to be able to not just rely on a perfect start. He wants to be able to, you know, if he has a bad start, be able to come through the pack, which is something we haven't really been able to see him do too often because just whatever the reason is, if it seems like if he gets a bad start, maybe his, his head gets out of it or... He tries going too fast, makes little mistakes or whatnot. But, uh, you know, he was able to, to win the Heat one. The uh, the big concern is Joe Shimoda for the HRC Honda team. He was second place. And then on the last lap, he goes down two different times within two different sections right after each other. But, uh... Him and Levi had such a big gap. He only got passed by one guy. He ended uh, third place. So Joe was still able to salvage something good out of the heat race. But, you know, you really got to start looking at is his championship chances going out the window here. Because he hasn't, I don't, I don't believe he's had too many strong races so far. It seems like he's kind of been struggling just about every single weekend, but it seems it seems like he might still not be comfortable with the uh, with the team and whatnot. But who knows? You, I mean, he's got to be able to figure it out here soon. Moving to a new team, going on to round four next weekend. You got to hope that they can find something this week, maybe make him feel a little bit more comfortable. And um, hopefully, because he was a big championship contender going into this year. So if he's able to find something, make him comfortable. I know in the past, uh, beginning of the years has not been his strong suit. He's always been a guy, it seems like, comes on towards the end of the year, like we saw last year in the, uh, in the SMX playoffs. And the round three of that at LA Coliseum, he was right in the mix with uh, Hayden Deegan after Hunter Lawrence had to drop out due to injury, but Joe Shimoda was right up there on his old Kawasaki, and I'm sure Honda's looking for some of that old Joe to come out, because James Stewart always says, not your average Joe, but his his place at the end of races has been kind of average, to say the least, and you know, that's not something Honda can be too excited for so um, he's got to figure it out a little bit but going into heat two you got Ryder D, Jordan Smith and RJ Hampshire all really even going into the first turn and something that was pointed out last week that they also talked about this week was Garrett Marchbanks the Club MX Yamaha machine he's been practicing in the rain 
the only one out at the facility riding in the rain getting ready for these mutters that it seems like basically I guess nobody else is doing because these last two weeks he's found something so uh, hopefully if it's dry this next weekend we can see if he can do it in the dry too because man he is flying in the wet and you know we got podium in the main we'll get to that in a little bit but still he Garrett Marchbanks might have found something and so it so did his teammate last week Phil Nicoletti and uh, San Francisco but uh, RJ Hampshire has the lead RJ is gonna RJ it seems like jumps off track after the uh, after the finish line uh, don't really think it was really his fault he just kind of started drifting to the left really jumped off track kind of on the the outside slope of the finish line landing but one thing that was real key I noticed was he was able to keep his hands on his handlebars and didn't get his grips or his gloves all muddy so that is that's one thing that was really good and uh, he came back pushing for third was it or is that the main event that was the main event okay yeah we'll get to that a little bit later but March Banks able to go on in heat to win with ease he had a nice big gap because I think a big part of it could be with that uh, that riding and practicing during the week in the rain not really caring about the conditions just going out there doing his thing putting laps in and it'd be interesting to see if we have future mutters if some people are gonna maybe overwater their track or something during the week to try and simulate some of the rain in muddy conditions but interesting to see especially from a smaller team like the club club MX Yamaha team that they're willing to do anything to let their riders ride and improve and whatnot and I know they said it during the broadcast that uh, Garrett Marchbanks podium in San Francisco kind of gave a little bit of hope to not only the West Coast 250 West Coast riders but also the East Coast riders seeing hey like we got a bike out there on the podium like the bike can do it it's up to us now the rider to be able to do it so it'll be really really interesting to see when we get out west or out east excuse me to see how these riders do but uh, now going on 450s Jet not the best start off the gate but he was able to find something in that first corner and uh, get all the way up to fourth and then just a couple corners later he picks up speed going into them whoops and just rips absolutely rips through the whoops and passes first second and third takes over the lead one of those was Eli Malcolm Stewart and I believe it was Plessinger was that Plessinger that he also ripped by uh, I can't remember off the top of my head to be completely honest but okay so back I was wrong it was not Plessinger could have just looked at my notes and saw that AP was in 
for for day heat two uh i do believe it was justin cooper that was that other one that he ripped by justin cooper pulled a pretty good um start off there and that's really all we had besides jet you can still call it a little bit of struggles in the mud he had some struggles in san francisco he had a little bit of struggles with uh, it seemed like traction and whatnot now in san diego he dropped it in the whoops eli was able to take over the lead jet dropped down to fifth and that was basically it uh jet lawrence came back up to third to end the heat race and malcolm stewart was hot on eli's tail eli was able to hold him off and get the win so overall looking at that eli even though it's just a heat win still able first win coming back he got his first podium last weekend first heat race win I think I think he's just going to keep getting better and better. I think he might have thought he was feeling a little bit closer to 100% at A1 than he actually was, but that's just speculation. I don't I don't think he was still feeling the greatest at Anaheim 1 coming off that uh, Achilles injury back in Denver. So, going on to uh, Heat 2. Ken Roxon and Aaron Plessinger, the Cowboy, were up front early, and your championship leader got a real bad start. He surprisingly wasn't able to mimic the absolute millisecond gate drop that he had in San Francisco to win the race. And um, so Chase, bad start, goes down early, got landed on by um <clears throat> oh, excuse me wrong race again ah come on but uh chase bad start goes down early and hunter was also bad start them two came all the way back from the two dead last positions to finish seventh and eighth i do believe so those two were able to able to figure it out a little bit, get some good speed going, and um, AP takes over the lead, wins it. That's really it. The big thing was uh, Adam Cianciarulo unable to go straight through, which is just another big name factory guy in the LCQs this year. You had Dean Wilson in the 450 LCQ, but uh, not too much happened in the uh, in the LCQ. Adam Cincerulo pulled the whole shot, won it. Nothing too crazy. Dean Wilson did go from LCQ to a top 10 main event finish, so that's pretty impressive for old Dino and his supposed last season that he's doing here for uh, for Supercross, but. Everybody loves a good Dino, especially when he's rolling up to the track and throwback night with a fanny pack and a cigarette in hand. There's a he's got to be one of the most liked guys in the pits. Unless your name is Vince Freezy. Shout out him. Come on. But um 
anyway, so main event coming up here, 250, RJ hole shot, RJ Hampshire hole shots, there we go, and um, looked like he was going to be able to just kind of run away with it, he had a good, good chunk of lead in the beginning there, and I really thought he was just going to be able to run away with it, but then... Levi Kitchen starts putting serious pressure on him, and I really thought from that point, once Levi started putting the pressure on him, it kind of looked like R.J. Hampshire was just kind of uncomfortable. seemed like he was casing some things that he shouldn't case, and that's actually how he lost the lead, too, was he cases the jump. Marchbanks, who was able to start putting pressure on him after Levi drops it to P6. Garrett Marchbanks puts the pressure on RJ. RJ makes a mistake. RJ's going to RJ, like I said earlier. But you got to love him because that man will never give up. If you want to, don't believe me, just look up. His picture from the New Jersey Supercross, the mutter last year, no goggles, no nothing, running into the last corner, face full of mud, and all you can see is them eyes, and I'm sure there wasn't a smile under that helmet that night, and uh, I don't think there was a smile under his helmet tonight either, where once again, to go towards the end of the race here, he's pushing real hard for the lead and just is kind of hard to see what happened, but it looked like he maybe just kind of like lost the front end, tucked it a little bit, high-sided, flipped, rolled a little bit. He was pushing hard in the second-to-last corner there. First, second, and third were all right there. RJ being in third, he's pushing hard and just high-sides, goes flipping, Finishes in 6th place, which is, once again, kind of a struggle because he was another big, big, big um, championship hopeful. But um, So Jordan Smith, able to capitalize on that. And your winner, Nate Thrasher. Once he seemed to get the lead, he seemed like he got a little bit comfortable. Was just doing riding his race. Garrett Marchbanks seemed to be one of the first ones to start jumping the triple again, too, because Plessinger talked about it after his Heat 2, saying they were jumping it in the beginning, and then it just got a little too sketchy. And then I noticed in the LCQs, nobody was jumping the triple. They were all double single and then double out. But um, Garrett Marchbanks seemed like he was jumping it from the beginning, whenever he could, really. And he was gaining a lot of ground on guys doing that. Just not having to hit another jump and slow up and whatnot. He was able to triple-double out. Looked real fast. Putting on a hard charge, too, for first place. But Thrasher was able to hold him off. Once again, your third different winner. Two in a row for that Star Racing Yamaha team. And they got to be feeling good. Their other rider, Jordan Smith, keeps the points lead still. 
which is big, big, big. And finish he Jordan Smith finishes in third place with Joe Shimoda was right on his heels too. And Levi Kitchen not too far behind Joe. But I think Joe's gotta Joe's gotta figure it out here to be honest. Because things are kinda slipping away from him a little bit, I think. So if Joe and RJ can't figure this out. Jordan Smith, 67 points here. RJ, 54. And Joe Shimoda, 36. That 36, big chunk got taken out from last week where his bike said, no mas, I'm done. First lap, clutch, done. And so then wasn't able to finish that. Gets 20 seconds, so zero points. And Jordan Smith, first rider from both classes to keep the point red plate points leader uh, for more than one weekend. So, because 450s, Chase had it A1, obviously. And Jet takes it, and Chase takes it back, and then we'll get into what happened with the red plate in the 450s a little bit later. But um, 250s, obviously RJ takes it, Jordan gets it, and uh, now Jordan keeps it with a pretty comfortable gap that he's got here of 8 points over Levi Kitchen, which is interesting. Levi Kitchen... You know, he's known for his starts. How's he going to do in the Triple Crown? I think he's going to do pretty good if he can get those starts. You know, they're shorter races, three main events. I do believe that a race like that can suit him. Also, RJ, that could suit him too because he's had pretty good starts here. He's pulled the whole shot in two of them. So, you got to think... Some of these boys here need to start winning races. Garrett Marchbanks, 57 points, only 10 points down. Who saw that from a privateer? I'm sure a lot of people, including me, I thought Joe Shimoda was going to win the championship. But uh, his chances seem to be slipping away a little bit as the time moves on. So, that will... That's just about everything here from the 250s, but big thing, Mutters, Jordan Smith, two podiums, Garrett Marchbanks, two podiums, and Nate Thrasher puts it back on top of the box. So two in a row, two wins in a row for that Star Racing Yamaha team. Very good start to the season for them, boys, and now... They just got to start clicking off some more wins between them two and could be a could be a star racing championship here for for the 250s. So, now we're going to get a little bit into the big bikes, the big boys here, the 450 main event. And something that we haven't seen, Justin Cooper, the rookie. He was known for his uh his starting in 
the 250 class. He has proven that he can still have good starts. Pulls the whole shot, which was really nice to see. Seems like he's kind of been struggling a little bit these first three races. Obviously, he missed the main event last week, so that's a tough one. But you got to think he that whole shot felt good. Lead laps, be up front like he, or closer to the front at least, like you would think he'd expect himself to be, but, you know, you just gotta, gotta hope that the young Justin Cooper can keep building on this, and building and building, and I think he'll excel a lot more in the outdoors, where it seems like he can pull whole shots maybe a little bit easier, and uh, maybe be a little bit more comfortable out there, but... Ken Roxon can't sleep on Kickstart Kenny. He was quick to take the lead from Justin Cooper, but not for very long as he cross ruts, goes flying in the air, and it takes him three kicks to get that good old Kickstarter going back going. And, <clears throat> excuse me. Aaron Plessinger, the cowboy, was able to take over the lead. And, when, you know, whenever he gets in the lead, he's got to be thinking, Detroit, 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 stay up, don't crash. He was saying, he kept telling himself on the last lap there, don't crash, don't crash, don't crash. And, man, he was able to do it. He didn't, well, he was able to not do it, didn't crash. That That makes sense. Screw it. You get it. He didn't crash. So Aaron Plessinger gets his first win of the season, but it definitely was not easy for him. What Cooper Webb, second place, took the lead from 7.1 at one point, and then with two laps to go, he had the lead cut all the way down to 1.8 seconds, and man, Cooper Webb was feeling it today. He was absolutely flying I don't know what it was maybe it's just I don't know it had to just been him because Eli didn't have the greatest race so it, it wasn't a team thing but Cooper Webb was definitely feeling himself that's for sure um able to yeah able to cut the lead all the way down to 1.8 it ended at 2.1 after Cooper Webb had the little incident with Chase Sexton. Chase Sexton seemed to move over perfectly fine for Aaron Plessinger getting lapped. But Cooper Webb said didn't seem like he moved over. Didn't give him a lot of grace. Said he was trained paint with the number one. Wouldn't say his name. Cooper Webb also said it seemed like he was racing Eli Tomac, who was getting put a lap down. His teammate just said, Cooper Webb said uh, in the press conference, it sucked where it felt like he was racing his teammate, and then he had to trade paint with the number one real quick. So it's interesting to see how 
different riders react to different situations out there with being lapped. Cooper Webb said last week he felt like he was pretty pretty, uh, pretty graceful, given enough room when he was getting lapped by Chase. And he thinks, he thinks it's going to come back around to get Chase. So, obviously only time will tell that. And kind of on something that Cooper Webb touched on, I noticed with Eli Tomac, after he got lapped by Plessinger, there was a good solid 3-4 laps where Eli just kind of like latched on to the back of Plessinger like he was just, he was running his pace. So you got to think if Eli would have had a better start, like he was all over Plessinger, even a lap down. So if he had a better start, who knows, maybe Eli could have been running up front there, but it, it was definitely interesting all night long with lapped riders in 250 and 450. It was a big talking point in the press conferences after the, uh, I can't recall his name, the host of the Gypsy Tale podcast actually asked the fellas on the podiums, both classes, if they had any thoughts on rider in-ear communication like they do in F1 and NASCAR and other motorsports and kind of like football with the quarterback and play callers with the little speakers and the helmets. And Garrett Marchbanks actually said when he was younger, his dad put a walkie-talkie in his helmet and they were talking through walkie-talkie and he said it was kind of uh, difficult but obviously it's only it's only a one way because you can't really talk on a walkie-talkie or a radio or anything while you're riding a dirt bike and the 450 guys Plestinger started off with saying something he's willing to try Webb said you just it would probably be a good idea, especially with like lappers or down riders on the back of jumps. So, and then Barsha said, yes, yeah, just something that they have the means to come out to test tracks and test it out. And obviously, you need a calm, monotone voice talking in your ear to try and not, you know, freak you out while you're out there racing a dirt bike. So. It'll be interesting to see if there's any advancements on that, especially with all the lapped rider talks going on after this weekend and a little bit last weekend. So that'll be definitely something that's probably going to be looked at in the off season when we get there. But uh, back to the main event here, I noticed Anderson was given Jet a real difficult time getting around him. Anderson was not willing to give up that position that he had, which is which is obvious. Uh, Anderson finished fifth, Jet fourth. And what was interesting is after the race, they got into a bit of a uh, talking match, and then Jet grabbed a hold of Jason Anderson's helmet and kind of yanked him back over as Jason was about to ride away and Jason didn't like that and grabbed a hold of Jet and kind of down up real quick yanking Jet's head around couldn't have felt good giving him a little whiplash there and I noticed Hunter riding by and kind of looking back and 
shaking his head, thinking, what did little brother just get himself into with the old vet of Jason Anderson? So it'd be interesting to see if, if that little rivalry, if we can call it that, keeps going for the rest of the season. But it was definitely something interesting to take a look at. And, um, you know, I said Barsha talked in the press conference with the podium guys because you might not have noticed it, but uh, Justin Barsha finished 22 seconds back in third place. Maybe the quietest ride out of everyone except for Dylan Ferrandis, maybe, who ended sixth. Not much talk about Justin Barsha coming off his sickness last week. And said he's feeling better. Had a good day of testing with suspension during the uh, during the week, and really liked it. So hopefully, old Bam Bam can keep that sucker going forward. And yeah, I said earlier, Dean Wilson, LCQ to top ten, finished tenth, still top ten, but um, Ken Roxon, after going down, he had a couple more issues. I think he might have fell again. They didn't show it on the broadcast, but he finished 12th, one behind Jorge Prado, who it's his last race here in Supercross before he heads back and got to go try and take care of that MXGP championship again. But I think all the all the word that you see on the broadcast, on social media, everyone wants him back and. He said it's all up to if he enjoys it, and he said he's really enjoyed it so far. So I think just about everyone thinks there's gonna be a there's gonna be a Jorge Prado full time move here in 2025, which would be really fun and interesting. Just get another guy from Spain, completely different country, you know, bringing some more fans, especially with the Spanish broadcast available now. So that would be really cool to see. Jorge Prado here full-time starting next year, you know, on that gas gas. I also heard Jason Thomas talk about if he goes full-time, he might be going to Red Bull KTM, which Plessinger's just got a one-year deal, but that's all talk for a different time on if Prado actually decides to come back over full-time. Obviously, I hope he do. Hope he does. He's a big name. Seems like a good guy, races hard, and um, yeah, finished 11th. Really, it would be really cool to see what he could do during the whole Super Motocross season with Supercross and then going outdoors and then the Super Motocross playoffs and World Championship and whatnot. So I'm hoping he comes back over, that's for sure. But... Yeah, I think that's just about it for the 450s. And, uh, oh, well, Justin Cooper ended 14th after he crashed, had a, had some struggles in the main event after pulling the whole shot, ended 14th. And Christian Craig and Malcolm Stewart were caught up early. Oh yeah, Jay Sexton. I don't know how I forgot about this, but uh, first rhythm section gets tied. Looked like he got tied up a bit. 
landed on by Malcolm Stewart. I mean, nothing Malcolm could do there. He was already in the air. So just wrong place, wrong time for Chase and Malcolm. Malcolm ends 19th. Christian Craig not wearing his onesie anymore. Ended in 20th. So it'll be be real interesting in the uh, the the beta 450RX Benny Bloss 15th I do believe that was his first main event that he made it to and raced so hopefully we'll get his teammate Colt Nichols back here soon but on to round four first triple crown of the year Obviously, shorter main events, completely different schedule, three main events. It all really all comes down to the start, and I think that will... I think Justin Cooper, he could be standout guy. Could be a surprise if he pulls another hole shot. Obviously, Ken Roxon real good off starts, and then just that quick speed quick sprint there in the beginning that would be real nice to see Ken Roxon because looked like he could have he had the speed to to win this weekend in San Diego and just that cross rut gets him has to sit there and kick it a couple times and get that bike going back up again but it's going to be interesting hopefully dry track I haven't I haven't checked the weather for uh, Anaheim yeah so hopefully we get a uh, dry track and yeah it looks like there's supposed to be no precipitation in Anaheim after Monday today so dry track will be nice cleaner racing and uh, it's gonna be interesting First triple crown of the year, I think. I think RJ is going to be able to have a bounce back in the 250s. You got to hope Joe Shimoda, Joe, he's got a podium, wins. He's got to start knocking them all off if he doesn't want to get eliminated from this championship yet. But uh, hasn't had the best starts this year, really. So you got to hope he can figure that out for that Team Honda team. Hopefully him, Lars, Lindstrom over there at HRC Honda will figure something out for him. But, yeah, my prediction, RJ Hampshire, 250s. I think Ken Roxon gets it done in the 450s. I think Eli, Eli's going to be close, though. I think Eli's going to be second. And uh, wouldn't be surprised if we see Jet up there on the podium either little off races for his standards last couple weeks you gotta see how uh, how Hunter can bounce back after tough start to his 450 career but excited to catch all the races on Saturday and uh, hopefully be able to record again uh, get this on more of a schedule hopefully grow this podcast and as always Talking underscore moto on Twitter or X. If you see anything, tag me, follow me, share the podcast. Would greatly appreciate it. 
just a one-man job here in the basement in a little storage room recording this so just give me a follow hopefully we can grow this thing and uh yeah motocross supercross is awesome see you next time